You are listening to Withstood, produced by Crossbrand. Welcome to the Withstood podcast. Um, I am your guest host today. My name is Cody Mahaffey. I'm the, actually the, the worship pastor here at Crossbrand Cowboy Church. And um, our host, Mike Morrow, had an unexpected come up today, something completely out of his control, and he, he could not be here. But here we go. Today's a little different. Um, today, I'm super excited about this. We have uh, one of our guest speakers from from Horsegate, one of our main speakers, Jeremiah, and it's Johnston, correct? Yes, with Cody, the, the, Jeremiah Johnston, with a T. Can't wait to be with you guys soon, and great to be connecting with you here. Yes, sir. And and explain to me, tell me what you were telling me earlier about the, the Johnston. I know um, people get Well, I've had to clarify. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> I've had to clarify my last name the pronunciation, not because I'm dumb or, or prickly, but there is a, uh, another person out there who has a very similar name as me. They don't have a T in their last name. And I even hesitate to share it because I don't want to promote it, but he's gotcha. a false prophet who tries to, uh, predict election results. And I had some people tagging yes. me, um, during the last cycle. And I was like, Oh, wait a minute. No, I, I don't predict anything. I'm not a prophet <laughs> or a son of a prophet. Um, so please, yes. that's not me. So I actually added, uh, I made it real clear on my Twitter verified page that I am S T O N and I don't predict anything. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I'm glad you clarified <laughs> that so that we don't get the two confused. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Jeremiah, tell us what your actual title is. Now you're at Preston Wood Baptist in Dallas now, right? That is, I am. That's okay. one of my titles. Um, First thing is I'm a dad of five kiddos, and I have four sons, and three of those are triplets, Cody, who are six years old. So oh my, my wife and I haven't slept in six years. And <laughs> okay. husband, to Audrey, of 18 years, going on 19, and wow. we lead a ministry that we launched from absolutely nothing when I was in Oxford, England, called Christian Thinkers Society. And our mission yeah. is to inspire pastors and Christians to be thinkers and thinkers to become Christians. And that doesn't mean we say, hey, we're the smartest people in the room. It means our faith is relevant to answer the tough questions that we face in life. And then I'm a huge believer in the local church. So in addition to my work with Christian thinkers, which is ongoing, I'll be speaking uh, before I get to y'all in Miami and then a few other places, Kansas City and others. Um, So I still try to encourage the church at large, but love having my family involved in the local church. I'm also the pastor of apologetics in cultural engagement at Prestonwood Baptist Church, and then work really seriously on the Christian schooling side to help faculty know how to actually teach biblical worldview, no matter what the discipline is they're teaching. So I'm Dean of Spiritual Development at the Academy, so at the Prestonwood Christian Academy. So uh, very busy, but love being a dad, love being a husband. That's my primary calling and just trying to figure it out like all the other parents out there. That's amazing. Triplets. Wow. Triplets, uh, 700 how, diapers a month at one time, brother. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How old are they now? They're six years old. Six, three, six years And their football team, you tell the senior pastor, their football team they're on, that, that they're called the Deacons. So we're always rooting <laughs> for the Deacons. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you brought up apologetics. Um, so I wanted to ask you this question. Why do you feel that your area of apologetics is so important with today's culture? And, and Cody, can you kind of explain what apologetics is for those yeah. who might not know? And Cody, that is such a great question you just asked. You know, what is apologetics and why is it so important for today's culture? 
Here's what apologetics is. It's knowing what you believe and why you believe it. It's not being the smartest guy in the room. It's not trying to make others feel bad. It's not running over or mocking atheists. It's not mocking agnostics. It's not mocking people for whom you're superior, you think you're superior. Apologetics is showing how our faith is relevant to life. Apologetics, uh, it's a Greek term, apologia. It was used 500 years before the New Testament was written by people like Socrates. But here's what apologetics is, Cody. It's meeting you at your greatest point of need with the questions, with answers to the questions that we're all seeking. Who am I? Who's God? Where's God if this is happening? What about the resurrection? What about our faith? Is our faith different from uh, the other world systems, do all roads lead to God? All these great questions that are so rich that we all face at some time in our mm-hmm. Christian life, and sometimes we face them again. And the beauty of the Christian faith is, unlike any other religion in the world, Christianity puts itself to the historical test, the critical test, the evidential test. It actually encourages its followers to ask questions, whereas places like Islam don't. Um, Islam would be no friend of of, uh, archaeology or evidence. You just take it on blind faith. Um, So there's significant differences. But for me and my role, especially coming to Horsegate, ministering to pastors, we have to shape our messages. This is a real uniqueness. Hmm. The culture is now post-Christian. And so there is no biblical worldview with the people that were ministering to none whatsoever they might have a church culture but they do not have a biblical worldview and for the first time in history and i'm talking about the last two thousand years of christianity we have individuals who think that can be a christian but not have a biblical worldview in fact my friend george barna um, one of his recent um, findings just recently last year was that only six percent of christians actually have a biblical worldview and so That we've got to change that. And so as pastors, we, you know, I want to encourage pastors with you all in person to return to their rightful place as public theologians. That means that they speak to the issues of the day clearly, compassionately, but iron-fisted with the Word of God and the rock-solid answers that we find in Jesus. And so that's what I'm about. That's what we're doing. And I think that's why God's brought us together for this conference. Yes, that's that's awesome. Um, So do you find that most Christians— are unable to defend their faith? I want to say this pastorally. I want to say this um, humbly. I was one of those Christians that couldn't defend my faith at one time in my life. And guess what? I was an associate pastor at the time. (laughs) Um, I loved people. I loved the gospel. But man, if you ask me, why do you believe Jesus existed, don't use the Bible? Or why do you believe Jesus was a Jewish criminal who rose from the grave? What what actual evidence is there? What about others? I couldn't answer any of those. I was kind of in a quicksand of questions, and I wanted to become a better Christian thinker. People tell me now, I've actually had people call me, and I guess there are people out there that make money by helping you come up with a brand for your life. Um, and they've said, you know, how did you come up with the brand Christian Thinker Society? You know, what what consultant did you hire? And it's not bad to hire consultants, hear me. But, you know, first off, I had no money. I was in Oxford. I was married with twelve with a 12-week-old baby, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And I don't mean that to be like, hi, my consultants are very important. But right. um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Jeremiah, you need to be a Christian thinker. So I was the first member of my own ministry, Cody, and I became my ministry before I ever had one. So are there Christians out there who 
have questions about their faith that aren't answered? Absolutely. Probably most, if not all. Mm -hmm. Um, And the cool thing is, though, here's what I've seen since 2009 when we started our ministry. There is such hunger out there from believers. You would think, oh, this would be boring at Horsegate, talking about the Word of God, the Scriptures, why they're reliable, why we can trust them. Tons of people will show up. People are interested now more than ever in how to defend their faith from this hostile culture that truly is anti-God. But also, so many of us are parents and grandparents. And this Generation Z that we're parenting right now, I have five Gen Zs and my five kiddos. They're so heavily influenced by the digital world, by social media, by gaming. They don't know their identity. They're coming up with questions. And they're so, we'll talk about this with the pastors. They're so, I'm going to use the word infected Mm -hmm. by scientism, not science, and science isn't bad. I'm talking about scientism, this belief that if you can't touch it, you shouldn't believe in it. That's scientism. It's an activism um, that they want to know reasons before they make a step of faith. And so I would say this. I'd go beyond it. I would say it is essential for every pastor to use the tool of apologetics and Bible teaching and evangelism. If you're not, you're going to have trouble reaching people today because the world is that hostile to the gospel. Yes, very um, so that that's a good place for me to shift just a little bit. So let me ask you this question. Why are so many pastors and writers and so forth today starting to deconstruct? And it, it, you can explain kind of what deconstruct deconstruction is and, and why. Yeah. Well, the scriptures tell us as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus Christ, um, there are going to be more people who fall away. Now, I'm of the theological opinion they were never part of us to begin with because— you cannot lose salvation. If we could lose our salvation, we, we already would have, believe you me. I believe in the yeah. eternal security of the believer. And unfortunately, it's kind of like the occult has relabeled itself with branding as now the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, deconstruction is just old-time liberalism, my friend. It's the thing that has wrecked mainline denominations. When you start um, making the gospel unclear, a curse comes on you. And that's not Jeremiah saying this. This is what the book of Galatians says. You get under a curse. It would have been better for you not to have been born than to change the gospel. And don't add to it. Don't take away from it. What is the gospel? The deity, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's the gospel. It's First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3, actually verse 3 through 5, but you could even do verse 3 through 8. When we begin to change the gospel, when we begin to say the word of God Uh, It's not the Word of God. The Bible contains the Word of God, but it's not the Word of God. See, I just became a liberal when I made that statement, Cody, right there. Now, that sounds like truth, doesn't it? You you could think, you know, the problem is you could stand up at most churches and 90% of people wouldn't know what I just did. No, hold on, Cody. The Bible contains the Word of God, but it's not the Word of God, not all of it in its entirety. And so when you do that about 100 different ways, you lead people to then believe there's no solid rock, and so they began to doubt what they've been taught or, quote-unquote, deconstruct. Now, here's what I would say. It, it, we encourage people to ask questions about their faith. This is where I really make a line of demarcation between are you just questioning your faith or are you really not believing? Deconstructing right. is a road. As I'm a New Testament scholar by training. That's called apostasy walking away from the faith. And we do see that in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's few and far between. What we do see in the New Testament are Christians, believers, 
who at times experienced great pain, and they did question their faith. Look at John the Baptist in Luke 7. I mean, he's getting ready. He doesn't know this. He probably knew death was imminent. Mm -hmm. Josephus tells us he was decapitated. You know, he wasn't deconstructing, but he was saying, Jesus, are you, the, are you really the one? Can I still count on you? Right. And Jesus comes back with evidence. So that's John the Baptist. You know, this is where we have to be nuanced. This is why I appreciate your excellent questions and the fact that you and the pastor do this podcast, because I'm so tired of people living on bumper sticker theology and sound bites instead of substance. Mm. The substance of the message that Jesus brought back to John the Baptist when he was questioning his faith was evidence. Hey, and he literally quotes Isaiah 61, 1 and 2, the blind see, the dead are raised to life. You know, go tell them what you've seen. I mean, Jesus answered it. So I've done an entire book, Bible study, and video series called Unanswered because the scriptures contain 3,200 questions. Questions are not bad. It's not a sin to question your faith. It doesn't mean you're deconstructing as long as you're purely seeking after truth. Here's the answer I would share for our audience. If you don't care about truth anymore, you're on the road to destruction. Yes. If you're not purely seeking truth, I'm, I want to work with people that are truly seeking after truth. Let's be like the Berean believers. Is this true? Let's look at it. And if it is, let's chase after it. But if you're ho-hum, you don't really care about church, you're the one I'm concerned about. Or excuse yes. me, you don't really care about truth, you're the one I'm concerned about. Right. Yeah, and it seems like we see more and more of that, you know, as, as time moves on. Uh, people leaving the faith, uh, people that even grew up, you know, in church camp, so to speak, uh, walking away from the faith. So that's really good. Um, so you talked about um, the Christian Thinker Society. Tell us where people can go to find that. Our ministry is dedicated to helping every believer, not just the Delta Force believers like you, Cody, who are just awesome, but every believer. Um, Love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the great commandment. Please go to our website, christianthinkers.com, um, because I want you to be a Christian thinker. I want you to want to be a Christian thinker. I want you to take it seriously. When Jesus is asked by the nomikos in Greek or the grammatus, that would be the scribes and the Pharisees, the experts in the law, teacher, what's the greatest commandment? This was a trap question, Cody. He had 613 commandments to choose from, according to late Second Temple Judaism. Jesus responds, and he says, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, and mind. This is the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That it, He encapsulated the entire Torah law in one statement. And so for me as a Christian, I want to chase after loving God with my heart, my soul, my strength, but make it clear, my mind. We have some really passionate believers out there, but you don't love God yet with your mind like you need to. I want to encourage you to dedicate your mind to Jesus Christ. Dedicate your questions to Jesus Christ. Get a conversant and informed faith. And here's the cool part, Cody. I was last week engaging with atheists on YouTube. That's part of what I do. I love reaching atheists. Wow. I love reaching um, uh, agnostics. I don't mock them. I want to reach them. Sure. Um, the more I know about my faith, guess what, Cody? The more comfortable I am in a faith conversation. I can talk to an atheist as relaxed as I'm talking to you right now because the truth of the scales of truth, they tip in my favor. I've studied these things, and guess what? They're not going to tell me anything I haven't heard right. <laughs> before either. So, so I do true. have a little bit of a cheat code there, having studied it my whole life. But right. we're going to talk at Horsegate about the scriptures, and our pa your pastor has felt led about this, and I just totally bear witness. We're going to talk about the power of the Word of God, the reliability of the Word of God, 
the difference factor it makes when we unleash the scriptures in our congregations and in our community. Right. And, and I, I have I actually wanna, traced this. Yeah. And I don't want to give away, you know, your talk at Horsegate, but tell me, tell me why that scripture is so important for these pastors and to, to speak directly from the word. There is a, <laughs> I can't believe it because it's so dumb. Um, but there are <laughs> some of these things, you know, you just have to laugh at Cody. There is a popular teaching out there that, you know, we don't need the Bible. We just need Jesus. You may have heard this before. Yes. You know, we, we just need Jesus. You know, the first century Christians, they didn't have the Bible. Well, yeah, they did. They had Hebrew Bible. <laughs> they had the Old Testament. Right. And they saw Jesus as the fulfillment of those scriptures. And I just find these mind-numbing comments to just be uh, intellectual, intellectually paralyzing because um, you just can't say that. There is no, we have a text-based faith. Here's why it's important we highlight the scriptures. I think we have lost, there's 138,000 words in the Greek New Testament, and faith is used in two ways in the Greek New Testament. The New Testament is originally written in Greek, for those that may be hearing that for the first time. No big deal. That's the language they spoke and wrote in predominantly at the time. That was the lingua franca of the day, if you would. And faith is used in two ways, Cody, in the first century. There is faith in a content. And then there's faith that, an experience. We're really good on the experiential side of Christianity. We're pretty bad at the faith and content side of it. There's just as many statements about faith in a set of facts as there is about faith that certain experiences happen. Hmm. What I want to encourage you to do is fuse those together. Yes, we experience God. There's no question. Uh, but guess what? We also experience the truth of God's Word. And so there's faith is used in two ways, and that's why bringing the scriptures to light, if we don't share that content, which is the Bible, we're really missing something because then we're leaning on experience, and then that can get us on emotionally thin ice because we've all had bad days. We've all had days we wake up and we don't think we're a Christian because we don't feel like we're a Christian, and that's where I love living by this motto, my faith is not what I feel, my faith is what I believe. See, mm. I come back to content. That's good. So the content, the text of my faith is the rock-solid foundation that I stand on. We can't know anything about the real Jesus outside of the Bible. You cannot divorce one from the other. And so that's—I'm sorry for the long answer. That's, no, I'm just no, passionate that's, that's about so this good. topic. It's so good, yes. Thank you so much. Uh, man, we Jeremiah, we are so excited to have you here on February the 25th for our Horsegate Conference. Uh, it just seems like it grows every year, and man, we've just got a great lineup this year, uh, you being one of the highlights, and we're just so so excited. Tell tell people where they can find you on, on social media. I've been following you here um, for a while, and your content is really thank good. Thank you. Well, you'll hear inspirational things, and then you'll see the crazy things I do with my triplets and my family. So that's <laughs> yes. pretty much all I post about. Um, but if you just go to our website, Christian Thinkers with an S on the end dot com, I think there's little links that can take you to all our social media channels. And I just can't wait to meet all of you in person here in a couple of weeks. Um, please come up. Please say hello. I pray that you'll attend. I pray that you'll call other people to attend. Yes. You know, you're going to walk away with such a great. I mean, I, I'm just honored to be part of the slate of these uh, presenters, and I'm blown away that. Crossbrand Cowboy Church puts on this event. I just wish more churches would do it. So, Cody, I just want to thank you and your pastor for your vision and the effort, the people that give towards it to make it happen. Yes. It's so important. It's so vital. We come together and sharpen each other. And I can't wait to be there. I told Cody I'm, I'll only come if I can wear my cowboy boots that are 12 <laughs> years old now. I always <laughs> preach better with my 
He told me I could wear my Air Force Ones, but I've got to wear my cowboy shirt. My, you know, I've, I've worn them for about twelve years now, so they they don't go up. They're they're more comfortable than they've ever been. So I can't wait to be with you guys. Well, you just be Jeremiah, and we'll be we'll be thrilled with that. So I love it. Um, any any last parting shots, Jeremiah? I just want to I want to thank God for you, Cody, for the ministry that you have. Thank you for being a worship leader who emulates. Um, being a Christian thinker. We need this. We need Christian thinking in our worship. So thank you for doing that. I've just enjoyed you and becoming friends with you the last year and looking forward to minister with you. Awesome. Jeremiah, thank you so much. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon and uh, we'll see you soon next month. So great. Great question. Thanks for having me on. We'll be praying for your ministry. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you. God bless. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can hear Jeremiah and some other amazing speakers at our Horsegate Conference on February 25th. Tickets are going fast, so go to the link of the podcast below and you can buy tickets for only $15. We are so excited to see you all there.